0: All right, I guess I'll just start.
1: Yep, any
2: now. Uh. <laughs> uh. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this is the Space Biff Book Space, episode three. And uh, today we're talking about a... Uh, Something that meets the technical qualifications of a novel.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: as always, I am
0: your host, live from Seattle. Always Dan Thoret.
1: We've been listening to Frazier.
0: I'm listening. <laughs> and I'm joined today by my co-host, Somerset Winters Thoreau.
1: Hello. No relation.
0: No relation. As well as Brocktober Sampson Polson. That's me. That's my name. Hang on. I've got a mouthful of uh, tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Now we're just invoking something better. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are discussing Six Wakes.
1: You know, no one can see you.
0: I'm holding it up to the camera. Six Wakes by Murr Lafferty. Yes. A book of adventure, intrigue, um, well, it's not a murder. Something. Something. Sure. We'll get into that. Thank thank you for joining me, Brock and Summer. Thanks for having us. Yeah. How's your week been?
3: It's been good. Uh, I I finished six weeks over a week ago, so it's been an improvement. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In a way, are we? So are we conducting a mechanical spoiler right now? <laughs> it, it's I finished like it a weeks feelings... ago, So
1: I've had weeks of freedom.
0: Oh, yeah. that's that's the dream. As summer can attest, it was it was a tough road to hoe for me. Yes, it was. Um, I
1: actually had to read it to him to make sure he finished. Yeah, it. so we
0: we went on a uh, car journey up to Jackson, Wyoming, and uh, she read. To me for a portion of both directions. She that on you. And uh, I almost died. (laughs) Just because I was like, man, you've got to read to me to keep me awake. And uh, 10 minutes later, the rumble strips were whoever invented those. (laughs) Saved your life. Episode 3 wouldn't have happened without him. Sponsored by the guy who made rumble strips. Rumble strips for all your. Road trip needs. <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, I've never read anything by Mer Lafferty before. Um, this is this was one of the nominees for the Hugo Award. Um, slow year. So it had an
1: interesting <laughs> idea. You know, that's what. That, of all the books, I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Clones. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Generationship. ship. Yeah. Let's read
0: it. Yeah, I I started pretty excited. Yeah. So speaking, let's not spoil anything quite yet, Hmm. but speaking of spoilers, I believe Summer has prepared some inaccurate wrong spoilers for us.
1: That's right, Wrong
0: spoilers. That's our (laughs) new new jingle. Yeah. Wow.
1: Wrong spoilers.
0: (laughs) All
3: right. Very good. Here's, okay,
1: so here's the first one. Six friends die at the same time, and all their other friends have six big parties to celebrate their lives.
0: It would have been a better book. Aww. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it might have been more boring. That sounds pretty awful. Like a, Maybe like a teenage teenager movie.
0: Right. It's a commentary on it. I thought that that's what it was going to be.
2: <laughs>
1: I
0: really did think it was going to be six deaths. Yeah. Not just like... Six... Not just Wake. six wokens. wokens. Yeah. Not just a catchy. Yeah.
1: Okay, here's here's the next one. <clears throat> a generation ship manned by clones must maneuver their spacecraft over the six ripples caused by a massive solar flare. They have to move their ship toward the wakes with space oars. It's whitewater space <laughs> roaring fun.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, space wakeboarding was always my favorite X-game event.
1: Yeah. Ooh, that sounds fun.
0: In Jackson, we got caught in some boat wakes.
1: Yeah, that's probably what inspired that one. I wrote that one in Jackson.
0: Yeah, that's good. We were in our canoe, and of course, like, the other big boats (laughs) get out of the little marina and just hit it.
2: Yeah. That 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 knob, they just shove
0: that thing all the way forward. Yep, And uh, and we, we... we were casting we you to pay move the price towards the wake. Yeah. to and fro mm-hmm. toward and froward
1: move into the wake that's how you avoid capsizing
0: yeah
2: okay Good here's nice. the
1: la- here's the last one <clears throat> I only come up with three a mysterious body dressed in black floats through letters in space kind of like the cover
2: oh yeah it is woken
1: it woke oh. it awakens itself when it wakes up, it starts murdering people.
0: <laughs> so, this this book cover reminded me of the expanse.
1: Yeah, cover. Yeah, but
0: that one is cooler. Yeah,
2: because
0: she has yeah. like that arched back and her hair and is her hair
2: is
1: flying. flying crazy
0: and it yeah. looks it's true. It looks and like that
1: book is amazing. That first yeah, one. that first
0: book is really good. Yeah, um, Leviathan wakes and um, and this one. So that one looks like. Man, getting spaced sucks. Yeah. This one it looks like eh, it's like falling into mist or something. <laughs>
1: he's going toward the light.
0: No, he's falling into the, the universe of the mist. Letters. That's what happens
2: oh, right. in
0: mist as he falls oh, yeah. into a star field in books. Hmm. That's a metaphor for your local library. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the
3: possibilities.
0: So we're entering the spoiler portion of this podcast, in which Summer has prepared a comprehensive examination and uh, point by point, <laughs> blow by blow, assault on the plot, or just uh, an explanation just of it. just
1: a synopsis of it.
0: A synopsis. Here,
1: okay, are we ready? <clears throat>
0: are you ready, Brock? I am. I
3: am strapped in. I'm prepared. Oh, your buttocks Gravity is on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: we're
1: good.
0: Okay, pulling 10 Gs. Go Get in it. your
1: crash couch. Okay. <laughs> it's 2493, and clones exist. Some clones wake up to a gruesome sight. Above their clone beds, their last bodies, blood, and fluids are floating around them.
2: Yeesh.
1: And none of them remember how they died, nor the last 40-some-odd years. I suspect sabotage. So do the clones. All the clones are criminals, because only criminal clones would want to crew a generation ship. Also, they were offered a free ride, an exoneration by their mutual friend, Sally Minion, a clone with genie-like power, and omniscient, omnipresent, omnipowerful connections, fame, money, and whatnot.
0: That's true.
1: They're all disoriented waking up like that, but the captain, Katrina... Swiftly takes command and gives them all directions. Hero, the pilot, is ordered to take Maria, the cook and cleaning lady, seems racist, to check
2: <laughs>
1: to, to check on the navigation. Wolfgang, the head of security, is ordered to help get those disgusting bodies tied into a jumble. Joanna, the paraplegic doctor, needs to get Paul, who is acting the most disoriented and is the computer engineer, coherent. They are all suspect. Dead Maria was poisoned. However, some of her knives are missing, and Dead Joanna, Dead Wolfgang, and Dead Maria were stabbed. Dead Hero was hanged. Dead Paul was strangled. But we later find out that Dead Paul was most definitely killed by Dead Joanna with a lethal dose of medication. Wolfgang, being a really good head of security, starts accusing everybody, including vegetable-as-good-as-dead Captain Katrina, who they find in the medical bay. If this isn't bad enough, they discover their AI named Ian is offline and has turned their ship around to go back to Earth. And the ability to make new clones has been dismantled as well, meaning this life is their last, and all the humans and clones sleeping on the ship will die because no one will be around to wake them up when they get to their new planet. While Wolfgang points the finger at every crew member at each new piece of information, Maria connects the the nude fruit printer. Which is a magical, uber, high-tech food printer that can 3D print a massive, delicious pig. And guess with 100% accuracy what your food preferences are with a single drop of saliva.
0: Hazelnut cheesecake.
1: Mmm, which we had tonight. Yeah. It was delicious for my sister's birthday.
0: Wow. Jealous. Yeah. It's really good product.
1: We also learn on page 39 that some printers, when supplied with enough L-Y-F-E life, can print a clone. I've now given you enough information to solve the main murderer mystery and solve the clone's major problem of no longer (laughs) being immortal. Meanwhile, Ian starts to wake up and repair itself.
0: Maybe we should pause and let the guests guess the solution, because you've given us enough information.
1: Who are the guests? Our
0: listeners, yeah. Okay,
1: all right, guess.
0: They have like the... (laughs) Okay, go ahead.
1: The story continues. When someone mentions hermit crabs in casual conversation, Hero goes crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Oh, boy.
3: (laughs) Hermit crabs. They're
1: kind of creepy. He activates an alternate evil clone hiding in his mind and attacks Maria. Wolfgang says, It must have been Hero then, as they all rush to rescue her. Wolfgang, Katrina, and Hero get injured But Hero gets subdued and put in restraints Into the med bay. Wolfgang finds out that Joanna Lethally dosed dead Paul So she must be the murderer He takes away her legs and puts her in the brig Maria we discover (laughs) Maria we discover Is not actually the maid But a computer brain programming Neurohacking genius (laughs) Racism (laughs) undone And she turns out Victory And she turns out to be not only the smartest person on the ship, and also a doctor, but also everyone else's arch-nemesis, because she brain-hacked almost all of them.
0: I thought you were going to (laughs) say, she turns out to not only be the smartest person on the ship, but in the world. (laughs) No,
1: just on this ship. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Wolfgang now accuses Maria of being the baddie, and puts her in the brig. Paul, of all the crazy things, is a human. Or he was until he got strangled and they had to wake up his first clone. Paul hates clones. And he has an arch nemesis named Maria. Maria. And she's on this love boat. The reader now finds out that Maria has secretly been doing some computer repair on Ian. Ian realizes he is actually a human too. And he has an arch nemesis. Her name is Maria. And she's on this (laughs) ship. Wolfgang accuses Ian of being the murderer and orders Paul and Maria to put computer-animated handcuffs on him.
0: This is like James Holden levels of teaming up with whoever you most recently (laughs) talked
1: to. Like on Community. I love that episode.
0: Well, no, I mean like uh, in Leviathan Wakes in The Expanse how Captain Holden just, whoever he talks to Oh, I thought you were talking about
1: Holden Caulfield. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Expanse. The crew gather in the garden to hold hands while Ian decides how best to kill them all, because now he's a mad AI. And then Paul remembers that he's actually the original bad guy and pulls out the knife he's hidden under his shirt so that he can start murdering people again. Ian helpfully turns off the lights for him. Wolfgang shouts, I knew all along it was Paul! And then gets stabbed.
2: (laughs) Luckily,
1: Ian turns out to be the prison buddy of Hero, as well as the cheeky translator at the original clone codicil meetings we met in Joanna's past. So he's pretty excited when Maria realizes that her awesome brain programming skills and food printer programming skills can let him have a clone body. Now they can make new clone bodies in the Easy Bake Oven in the kitchen, as well as (laughs) delicious pig dinners on the same day. Also... Maria can fix Hero and take out all his evil clone minds, probably fix Wolfgang too, and lobotomize Paul to become the lame AI to steer the ship. Everything is resolved to everyone's satisfaction in a nice, tidy package. And their real enemy, who they kind of forgot about, Sally Minion, the god-clone of Earth, who put them all there on a rancorous whim, can continue to live immortally and amass more money, power, and fame forever. Oh, and the planet they're heading toward probably doesn't exist, because Sally Minion likely paid scientists to make it up and then packed this generation ship with all our enemies to die in space. But the crew hopes not. They're optimistic. The end.
0: Oh, that was really oh, nice. Oh, man. Let me just say that you did a a phenomenal job with incredibly tough source material. <laughs> <laughs> you, really, you really did. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So...
1: Can I just say i I wrote that I wrote a wrong spoiler when I was in the middle of reading this book. I was like, "Wouldn't it be silly if this this would be a great wrong spoiler?" Because there's no way that's what this book is. If all these people were put here on purpose out of revenge,
0: and then that's what it really was. <laughs> you just you just called it. I yeah. guessed yeah.
1: the spoiler of the book.
0: Yeah, she guessed it yeah. pretty pretty early on.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and I'm bad at guessing.
0: She is. I'm
1: very bad at
0: guessing. <laughs> <laughs> she always guesses inaccurately. I do. But no, she got it. Um, right I, on the nose. I had the opposite problem where I finished... So I reached the point where you said that you had figured it out, and I hadn't figured it out. And then I read about 50 more pages, and I still hadn't figured it out. And then I read... Another 50 pages, and I hadn't figured it out. And then I finished the book, and I was still going, I don't know I don't know who these characters are. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure I figured it out. I, I still so am wait, not sure. So wait, who's who? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so wait, the bad guy was the... What?
2: The
1: computer the back,
3: guy. The backstory did Quote, it. unquote.
0: Yeah, the guy with the backstory? <laughs> Those were all the same, correct? All right, so we have got... Um, I looked up some bad takes uh, on the internet. These come courtesy of public Amazon reviews. (laughs) Most of them I thought were pretty solid.
3: I mean, yeah, bad takes is sort of the name that we gave it when we thought uh, that we would be reading good books that people (laughs) had incorrect opinions on.
0: Yes. uh, So let me... I've prepared three for us to read and discuss um before we get to Brock's scintillating discussion topics. So here we go. So the first one comes courtesy of Vroom Vroom, who says nothing but glaring syntactical editing errors here. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, yep. it's
0: a it's a little rough, but um what do you what do you fellas think about that?
1: So I I am a an amateur editor. I edit a lot of
3: Let's this, say one, sem- this one semi guy's pro. work.
1: And um, I got a few chapters in, and I was like, wait, I thought editing was supposed to happen for these type of things to get even published.
0: Right. <laughs> I thought so you that was a prerequisite. Door, you know?
1: <clears throat> I thought that was, like, emphasized on every single publishing Website instructions everywhere in the world.
0: Yeah. Eight tips to getting published. <laughs> Number one, edit. edit. <laughs>
1: Number two, edit again. Number three, get someone else to edit it.
0: <laughs> well, in a world
3: where Ernest Klein exists, that uh, oh, that's true. That rule gets thrown out the window. Yeah, that's true. At least this was never
0: masturbatory about the eighties.
3: <laughs> no, I I can't think of a single time that it was. Yeah, at least refreshing.
0: <laughs> do that. Um, so so um, for me, I tend to write in my books. Um, it's just sort of a tick of mine um, after having been in academia for so long that that's just the default. And so I tend to write on the page, and then so that I don't have to look at every single page, I write up in the top corner. Um, the type of thing that I've found. And so I'll write, like, insight or a little I if i found something insightful. Or I'll write typo or something, often because I'm trying to get it back to a student. Um, in this book, it was... <laughs> it was like every other page. I was finding something that I... W- some sort of mess. Um, you know, Yes. Yeah. Misspellings,
3: some rewrites,
0: certainly. And it wasn't it wasn't just typos. It was it was an abundance of uh, he said, she said tags, Mm -hmm. like all the time. Like it would tell you which character was doing which action, and then it would still bother to tell you that she said something instead of just jumping into dialogue. Yeah, Um, just these sprawling uh, parentheticals that went on weird side tangents, that, like, uh, we got more physical description of, like, a pop star than we did of the main characters in one section. It says something like, she was a black, uh, Latina-American something-something pop star, and I could visualize this pop star better than any of the actual (laughs) main characters. (laughs) Uh, Just totally superfluous information to the actual narrative. And the whole book was like that. <laughs> um, maybe I'm being... I, I, I'm excited for one of you to convince me this book was better than I thought. Okay, here's, a, here's another uh, medium take. This one comes because of Puddle of Sunshine. Normally, by halfway through one of these types of novels, I know enough to spoil the end for myself. At 70% through six wakes, I was still completely clueless. Clueless and loving it. Six weeks was 400 pages of confusion and mayhem that I utterly enjoyed. I didn't even mind that there were several origin chapters for the various characters involved.
3: Huh. So... All right. I I mean, I hated that about it. It's I, kind, of like I a, think...
1: kind of like one of those dig compliments. What are those called? <laughs> you compliment, but it's also a dig, too.
3: A backhanded compliment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, and I, I. So this suspect, was a
0: five-star review.
3: Yeah, oh, wow. I suspect, uh, at least to some extent, the two of you went into this book thinking that it was some something of a closed-door mystery. Is that your expectation as well?
0: Like an escape room type thing, or
3: you know, a, a uh,
0: like more of an a, Agatha Christie. Okay, so like, there's a man hanging with a puddle.
3: Sure, you know, some something like that. It's ice. Uh, you know, I was expecting it to be sort of a self-contained mystery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we get the information and you know, a, a a clever reader can can put the clues together and solve it, but but ultimately all those origin stories introduced unknowable information, you know. There's no way you could have could have approached the the mystery without having a lot of that
0: supplemental
3: information.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I, so one of the things, so I was kind of excited at the outset because I think the opening, even though I don't think it's handled very well, I think it was a bit clumsy, um, but I think it's a really g- good hook mm-hmm. yes. to wake up on a ship I agree. and to see yourself murdered. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like dangling yeah, that, above you in zero g. That intro was
1: fun, and then like her getting out of like the gel and stuff. Yeah, and, and, zero and everyone g has to
0: cough the cloning all, gel out of their lungs. They're all
1: panicking and, and, and naked,
0: people, right? And people have different <laughs> levels of how how well they can cope. cope. Because and if it, I if I was in that situation, I'd just be pooping myself. <laughs> you'd be the Paul situation. I would that be situation. Paul. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Not Every time I signed on for, I don't want to hang out with any of you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, oh yeah, it it really. I mean, it was such, uh, you know, such a visceral scene that you you know you really you really imagine like what would I do? I mean, I'm right. in a breathable liquid, floating. You know, like what would I do? And that you know, I thought right. it, it started off with a lot of promise. Mm-hmm.
0: And I and, and I think you've hit on a big part of why I was so excited, Brock, because it really is two different genres that have sort of been woven together. So it's a science fiction generation ship story, which is a type of story. There are mm-hmm. other generation ship stories. While it's also a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and I and maybe it's by dint of doing both, I don't think it does either well. No. Uh, and that's something we can discuss uh, on your time, Brock. But um, I I was I was let down with the mystery and the science fiction. I think is just a total tease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything yeah, I there. Yeah, didn't
1: really go into anything. Um, Just very minor surface details, right?
0: And uh, and and I have so many little examples that I'd like to share with about that, but let's get to that in a in a moment. So one more um, uh, bad take, lukewarm take. This comes from bucket of compliments, spelled complements. Okay, not com- sure. Not nice things thing pairs with something else, okay? Correct. They say I purchased this book because it is advertised as a 2018 Hugo Nebula nominee and because it has an interesting synopsis. About 5 pages into the book, I could not believe it was nominated for anything. It is that bad. The story is stupid, the characters are lame, the dialogue is laughable. <laughs> then um then could the Hugo Nebula claim be, be fraudulent? I looked it up. <laughs> I, uh, oh, wow. I, That's <laughs> awesome. I, it seems like a brazen thing to put yeah. on a <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, I mean. Um, I looked it up, and sure enough, not only was this book a nominee, but it was among the winners. What happened to the Hugo? I used to take that as a guarantee of a good book. The, more, the majority of science fiction now on Amazon is not that great since it is so easy to publish. So, a Hugo winner that I've not yet read is an easy buy. Not anymore.
3: Mm. Oh, sorry, bag of
0: compliments.
3: Sorry. Bucket of, yeah,
0: sorry, bag of that. compliments. Bag of compliments. <laughs> um, so, what, what did you think of what? So, obviously, we selected this book last month on the basis of it being on the yeah, Hugo the, slate. right? the synopsis right,
1: and on the Hugo yeah, list. Yeah, it had a yeah, killer yeah.
0: synopsis, and it was on the slate. So what do you guys think of a uh, bucket of compliments uh, about their thoughts?
1: I, I agreed with this person.
0: I yeah, mean, I, I got it.
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brock.
0: I was
3: going to say, I think they're pretty, uh, some pretty accurate assessments.
1: I honestly don't, this is not a book that I would think to reread which, you know, books that I like, I tend to reread. I mean, I certainly read it quickly, which I don't know if that's like a compliment.
3: Like getting a Band-Aid off, right? Yeah, you know, or like, <laughs> oh, a,
1: like a, you know, a, a young adult book. I, I read those pretty quickly if I was going to read them because the story's quick, it's meant to go fast. I, but I don't know if that's a compliment for like a Hugo nominee
0: Right, You know, for a while I thought maybe I was approaching it incorrectly I thought maybe it was a kid's book <laughs> or, or a young adult book um, and, and that's such a broad description That any number of things mm. can fit into it But then so much of the content just seemed so uh, You know, just the, the language And some of the descriptions I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think it is a young adult book Because of that content um, So what do you think, Brock? I, I think
3: that uh, Bucket of Compliments, suspecting that it, it's all a con, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Hugo nomination, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, I like that that's where their mind goes. Um, no, I, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it uh, sort of falls short in several aspects. You know, I think the writing quality, uh, the prose was sort of stilted and clumsy in a lot of places. The uh, you know the overall story structure, I just I don't think it I don't think it delivered on I you know I think it's maybe a case of selling a book based on a great premise and a great you know and, and a well executed opening scene
2: mm-hmm.
3: with you know without the I, I I don't know with you know without the ability to, to follow through on that
0: so what is our theory because so I,
1: I don't know if we want to get into
2: that
0: <laughs> I mean I'm just surprised that you know i I feel like you can anything can get published um i'm I'm surprised that this I've read so many good books including great Hugo nominees so how did this make it to that level do you think it Brock that it was the uh just again, uh, the same thing. The premise.
3: I I almost wonder if it was just just the strength of you know of a pitch and a um, you know and a, an opening scene. You know, I, I don't know how the publishing industry works, but I, I do think that it probably rode heavily on on that opening scene because it it cause it is a great sort of elevator pitch. Right. You know, these clones wake up. They've just been you know they've just been re cloned. And outside the vats, they see their own dead bodies murdered. That's cool. You know, that's a right. that's a, mm-hmm. a that's a cool scene. Yeah, I. That's a, you know that's the thing that I I would suspect.
0: Right. Well, so that's it for my uh, bad takes. Why don't we get into some good thoughts, courtesy of Brock? Yeah, let's. Uh, so I mean, what, I guess we've what already What discussion sort of topics do you have discussing. for
3: us? So here's, here's a question I want to ask and, and maybe I need to ask the question and then we need to circle back to it. Uh, cause it's going to require some soul searching. Uh, oh boy. so, you know, so let's say within your lifetime that this cloning technology is developed and perfected. Uh, they can take your DNA, they can map your brain. Uh, you know, they can capture all your memories. Uh, So the the first question is, would you do it? Would you become a clone uh,
0: and extend your life? I love this question. (laughs) Do you want us to answer this now? Or do you want us to come back to it?
3: You know, I don't know, you may need to uh, spend some... No, I'm good. ...meditation time. I've meditated. Okay, Uh, Summer, do you need to meditate? Well, let's
1: hear, let's hear this? what Dan says. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to ponder for a minute.
0: Okay, let me let me zen myself here. Oh. One of my problems with this book is that it seems totally uninterested with its own concepts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and let me start by complimenting it. So at the very beginning of the book, it has that little document kind of an, it's an overview of the codicils, Mm -hmm. which are the laws governing clones. And so a few of the basics, I I have it here. It might be beneficial to, for me to kind of, uh, so you, so a a person cannot be cloned multiple times. At at, at one time.
3: It's for longevity, not for multiplication. Right. Right. And
0: and I, and I think that's a, I could see that being a law. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was telling Summer on our drive back from Jackson that there's a video game called Endless Legend, where one of the factions is a dude named Horatio, who has cloned himself billions of times, and now he's trying to take (laughs) over the galaxy. That's Um, awesome. And so everyone in this culture is this perfected genetic super being named Horatio, (laughs) And they value aesthetics and art and, you know, high culture. And they they consider themselves beautiful. And so they don't want, uh, they consider themselves beautiful, so they want the whole galaxy to be remade in their image of beauty. Okay. And it, and it's kind of this horrifying idea, and, and it's totally uh, a type of, out, logical outcome of cloning sure yeah um, yeah. it's no more radical than an invasive species running amok on a continent <laughs> um, right. so, I, so I like these codicils that Mer Lafferty comes up with um, clones can't have children you can't switch mind maps into uh, a different body um you, yeah, you can't have two alive at once. When when a clone is born, you have to kill the previous clone immediately. You have to euthanize them. I really, really like these ideas. Oh, me too. You know, um, they, I
3: I think that I think that Asimov's are a little more uh, graceful, but it, mm-hmm. it yes. reminded me of the three laws of robotics. You know? Sure, right. Um, and and I think that it's a really cool idea and i think they're well st- well stated and well thought out
0: mm-hmm. right but here's but here's where i start to deviate from my compliment it's so the i feel like she put a lot of good thought into that and then she put almost no thought into their application or how people would actually approach them right or i mean so like one person has broken the law in all of her backstories yeah. i think everyone would be breaking the law and uh <laughs> right. the bad guy's plot I mean everyone breaks the law now. Mm-hmm. I mean it's time and it, it's a lot of people. And yet they all have like this reverence <laughs> for them
1: too. Yeah,
0: they, every, they all speak about the codicils in these hushed, tones. very fanatical <laughs> terms. They're very <laughs> you know, obedient to them. And I almost got I almost got the
3: impression that like uh you know, there there were characters that were like, Oh, I you know, I, I was off in this place committing crimes and, and I got I got killed by the person I was committing crimes against. And it it almost, it gave me the the impression that then that person who has just killed this clone would like send the body back because the only reason you have that memory is because it got captured and you got cloned from that point. Right. So like there's, there's such a weird respect that wouldn't exist.
0: Right, like if you really wanted to annoy, like they mentioned that you can, you could make it look like somebody hadn't killed themselves just by kidnapping them and making sure the body was never found. And that way they can't reawaken a clone for seven years. Right. Why would you ever assassinate anybody if you could just kill them and hide their body? Like that? at least that's maximum yeah. irritation for somebody. Yeah, that would set them back that many years. Right. Um yeah. So here's here's one of the places. Oh, well, then they
1: were all breaking the law because they all had these backup clones in like right, secret so, locations. So right. So the so rich and powerful matter.
0: are doing that. So so who's enforcing these codicils to such a degree that that these characters respect them? Uh, it it just made no. I would think that they'd be in space and they'd just be like, screw the codicils. I'm going to make a billion of me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I know I'm not the murderer.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, and
0: I'm. I'm going to beat up all of yous. You
3: know? <laughs> I'm tired of cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I'm going to make seven of me
0: and we'll just take yeah. turns. And
1: I'm a yeah. neurohacking genius. Right.
0: <laughs> I can turn all of you into me. Oh, yeah, exactly. My, my name is
1: Maria and I'm no cleaning lady. Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> that's what she does. The,
1: uh, <laughs> I ain't your <chill> maid.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's what she would do. But... Um, <laughs>
1: Oh no, you're so, right. She's too nice. She's too nice.
0: She is very nice, except for all the. Oh,
1: we'll clean that up for you. Brain hacking,
0: right? Uh, that's another complaint. Except I want. I want to return to that. Oh yeah. Everybody's kind of twee outlook on life. Um, twee. Do you, Can we talk about later how these are like the? They're vampires, but they're stup- stupid. <laughs> stupid vampires. Anyway, I want to return to that. <laughs> so I want to answer your question, Brock. So you asked, would we clone ourselves? Right. First of all. Absolutely, I would.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: However, I would do it with a total awareness that the clone is not actually me. Like sure. if there were two of us at once, we were the same person until we diverge as clones. Um, but this this, and that's a that's a debate going on in philosophy right now about, you know, what are you? Are are you your mind? Are you your body? Uh, what is your consciousness? If it's transferred, um, is it really transfer or is it a copy? And there are plenty of fictional works that are dealing with this question because it's a fascinating question in part because it cuts to the essence of who we are.
3: Yeah, what, um, is, what is existence and right. humanity? And-,
0: and in this book, no one... Ever seems to think for one second that when you're cloned you still died right it's another entity that is carrying on your consciousness you don't wake piloting. up right you don't wake up um now something with exactly your body and exactly your mind wakes up but if you existed concurrently and it, and it kind of grazes against this with the captain
1: with the the vegetable yeah Yeah, with the captain
0: who who is lying on the table in the med bay um, brain dead and then the other captain waking up but even then they don't debate that in terms of that kind of ethical and very concerning human element they talk about it in terms of the codicils uh, in terms of legality
1: yes well yeah she was conveniently brain dead
3: yeah yeah you know, and it's just okay. Well, legally, that is no longer
1: a person.
0: A, an ent- yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's or not a right. person. Nicole. That yeah. thing can be terminated. Yeah, right. And it, and it was so weird to me. It was really dissonant early on when they find that this this person yeah. is alive, and they're going, "Wow, this is great because we can find out what happened." And um, the other character's like, "Captain's not going to like this," and I'm I'm just going like. So it hasn't explained the codicils fully, like why the captain might not like that she's alive somewhere. But I was going like, okay, well, problem solved. I guess it. I guess
1: it. I guess it touches on it with Hiro because he had multiple clones of himself awake at the same time, and only. I mean, only he was allowed to live. Like all those other clones were terminated.
0: Well, I think even he was.
1: Well, yeah, he was technically he was, terminated, too, and then all the all, right. all the evil clone minds were put in well, his right. head. But,
0: but even that was a discussion of the legality of the codicils and how to... Conf- and I liked that story probably best of all the mm-hmm. flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Because it was like the one time when someone was just like, these codicils are nonsense. I'm not going to obey these laws any more than I'm going to o- obey laws saying I can't murder and steal. Yeah. <laughs> um, So I liked his story best because it it seemed to at least approach the grittiness and reality of something like this technology would present. Mm -hmm. But even then, it was more interested in kind of that court decision of uh, they don't want everyone to clone themselves twice and let themselves get away with whatever their evil clone is doing, so they stitch him all together. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It still doesn't even bother to think through the ethical ramifications that they... They, they euthanized a totally innocent man along with euthanizing a bunch of guilty people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah. those people are gone. Just because their memories have been put somewhere else, does not mean that that, that organism is alive. Um, right, that, and you yeah. can and you can disagree with that. There are different sides to that debate, mm-hmm. but it is a debate, and this book is just has no interest in it at all.
3: Right yeah it doesn't explore those concepts at all right so
0: I would clone myself um <laughs> but I would make but I would do it like when I died right I wouldn't wanna just like I'm old and tired and I'm like time for a new body, time for a f- refresher it's it's more than a facelift you die
3: yeah it's, it's uh it's not rewinding time
1: to create things. a new person who's already twenty
0: yeah. Okay, so, so that's my answer. Have you had time to meditate?
1: Uh, I'm going to say that I would rather not be cloned because I just don't I find interest in living immortally in a body.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: My body is pretty lame.
0: <laughs> and you think you would have hurts. your same physical? Like, I guess. So you it
1: talked about how yeah, they would like code out those bad genes or whatever. No,
0: yeah, but wasn't but, that even illegal?
1: Yeah, I think under so. The codicils
0: thats illegal. Well, but like you the need to have your crappy genetics. Joanne.
1: Well, Joanna said that at one point she coded out. She well, yeah,
0: a, but that was before the codicils Oh, that's
1: right. Because yeah. she was
0: one of the people who was helping to create. The, that's right. She was a policy maker.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't see the point because it's like, well, I'm 34 right now. I already ache all over.
0: <laughs> now I have I have a follow up question, Brock. <laughs> Why I have, would
1: I want to relive this? I,
0: I have a follow up. I'm as as someone who's close to you, I'm a little concerned with that answer. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to talk. There's a hotline we can call. Oh my Brock, I have a follow up <laughs> yes. question. Now, is your question presuming? that we're talking about the ideal of this technology or the moronic way it's applied in this <laughs> book?
3: No, we are, we are talking about the ideal
0: scenario. Mm. Because here's what bugged me about this book. This is the vampire thing. So, so these clones were a little bit reminiscent to me of vampires in fiction, where you live just kind of this endless life. Um, but one of the central things about vampire fiction, which I don't usually read because it's usually just like gothic romance, but um, but one of the things that's interesting in like, um, interview with the vampire is just how jaded you become after multiple lifetimes of experiencing things, and how out of touch you become, and things kind of get away from you. Um, that happens even in a, the span of a normal lifetime, let alone um, so some of these Centuries. people are like 200 years old, Older. which yeah, I mean, which puts you like you're in, like, the Industrial Revolution, if you're going <laughs> back. Um, I, You know, anything you valued is not necessarily valuable to this new society. All sorts of things have changed. Now, these characters seem to have benefited nothing on the basis of their multiple live- lived experience. They're all immature. They all make ridiculous decisions. Right. None of them act Like, wise old people in the slightest. Um, For instance, as soon as they establish that they have no food, they can't be cloned again. This is their last life. What do they do? They get blackout drunk. (laughs) Right. Later, when they catch the bad guy, after failing to search him for another weapon, (laughs) after establishing that he's a mad slasher, which is absurd. I would search him for a weapon. (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. Let alone Mr. Security Professional Wolfgang. And don't get me started on him.
1: And they're like all assassins. Like three of them are like, I'm a professional assassin. Yeah, they're
0: all (laughs) professional professional killers. (laughs) They don't search this guy. And then what do they do? They start drinking. And then he jumps up with his extra knife and kills a bunch of them. And I'm going, (laughs) what is the point of living multiple lives?
1: If you can't like learn how to like...
0: Right, if there's this... There's this obvious regression to the mean in your brain capacity. Why didn't they kill right. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: they were so dumb. They
1: can only they can only learn so much, honey. Right. Their brain
0: capacity. Well, so, so early on when it says that they're all these old, cool clones with many lives, and some of them are doctors and assassins and brain hackers. like they they have multiple careers. I was so excited because I thought they'd actually be skilled. Mm-hmm. And then they are just such dunderheads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that was my follow-up question. Okay, uh, How about you, I think Brock? that's a, a good yeah, question. You didn't answer I, your own question.
3: No, I I didn't answer. Um, and I, I I wonder if it's a uh, a male female thing because my wife also said she would not <laughs> she would not do it, but I was like in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my greatest fear is annihilation. <laughs> I, I'm terrified of my. My mind ceasing to be. Oh uh, so yeah, let's put it, let's let's take my mind and let it pilot another uh, flesh vessel. <laughs> let's do this.
0: Can we brain hack our clone? Because I would be like, here's the clone that likes going to work. Right, <laughs> yeah. He has my skill sets, but he likes being there. Yeah, he likes it.
3: Yeah, he's, he's a good multitasker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I would do. Uh, in the in the event that I could be cloned, uh, the book mentions that some clones get involved with uh, some rad extreme sports. So maybe I'd try those.
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> maybe that's space wakeboarding oh,
2: yeah.
3: uh, that Summer mentioned. Right. You wouldn't have to worry about STDs, uh, right? No, <laughs> um, I oh, mean God. I don't now, but uh, those extreme
1: every... sports is that what yeah. you're implying?
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an oh, extreme my. sport uh every couple generations, I would just have a burner body. I would just eat the most delicious and fatty foods all the time. I would never <laughs> exercise
2: like club.
3: <laughs> I would die of a heart attack at age thirty one uh, my body would be thirty percent artificial cheese
1: oh my gosh
3: uh, and then you know I'd finally start reading the wheel of time series <laughs> that's what
0: I'd do if I was that's, immortal that's the only way you'd find the, <laughs> that's the, the only the man hours to get through that the only scenario
1: <clears throat> interesting
3: yeah yeah I'd do it uh, so we can um, we've discussed some of these these things uh, whether you figured it out uh, which we all <clears throat> Uh, which summer impressively did. Um, but I, I sort of arrived at the end of the book, not sure I had figured it out or, or I was allowed to figure it out. What uh, So you know me trying to trying to make note of murder mystery things, um, did, were there, I guess red herrings you think that that maybe threw you off the, the track? Oh is yeah. this sure. Is this a book that contained red herrings?
1: Well, yeah. I, Wolfgang was great because you know, after every after one person did something suspicious, he was like, "Oh, it's got to be that person."
0: <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Like put him in the brig. Katrina would pick her nose, and he's like, "Only a deviant." <laughs> would do such a thing. God frowns on you, deviant. According to the Bible that I nor the author of this book have read. The clone must be burned. Yeah,
3: just like it but, says so in you scripture. Felt,
0: so you felt that was uh Yeah, he was a he was kind of like he was he kind of he
1: very helpful, he was always he accused was a living everybody rat. except for yeah. like yeah, yeah. a real murderer for the most part.
2: <laughs>
1: um, you know, everyone else was like, "It's it's probably Paul because he's acting so weird." And I, as the reader, was like, "Mm-hmm."
0: And yeah. Wolfgang
1: was like, "Nah, he's just a, he's just a weenie. Let's go to the gym."
0: Well, his whole thing where, where he's like, oh, "I have so many problems with Wolfgang. Who could take me down?" I'm like, he stabs you in the back. You. <laughs> you, moon, yeah. you moony Like come on <laughs> Well yeah and you're a moon person Like anyone here <laughs> can just throw you yeah, around Seriously <clears throat> 60% of
3: gravity here,
0: here's, here's where my Red herrings were Is I was so I just stopped caring about the mystery Because I was getting too upset <laughs> about, like, the science and the structure and the characters.
1: Lack of science, lack of structure,
0: yeah, I, lack right. of I, I want to talk about the science. I hope you have a question about that because, my goodness.
3: Uh, yeah, my next, my next question is, uh, Dan, do you want to talk about the science? That's a good
0: question. <laughs> okay, so this actually prompted a discussion um, <laughs> with my sister, who is a clinical nutritionist, Um. So they have this—they have a food printer, right? So it's basically a Star Trek replicator in 3D printing form, rather than beamed light, right? Right. And so they can print anything they need. And so two things drove me nuts about this. So she has this really cool line, and I really liked this line, but it made me so hungry for more. Let me let me read it to you. So <clears throat> she tried. So this is Maria. Maria tried to program a simple cracker, the hello world of printed food. I liked that line too. I love that line. Yeah, um, and it really got me thinking: why a cracker? Right, because that seems kind of right. Complex. So, well, so here's the th- so like I've been thinking about this. Just so just basic chemistry in college. Um, so food is made up of. molecule types right so it's carbohydrates um proteins lipids and uh, phenolics and so i was i I was really curious well are carbohydrates are the basis for a cracker are they the simplest so i actually asked a, a bunch of my science friends and my nutritionist clinical nutritionist sister about this and um and that, and it kind of got to a rolling debate where we were, we were, where we were going, like, well, what's the simplest thing to print as a food? Oh, this is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and one of the answers I got is that. Um, so one of the arguments was that a lipid would be simpler than a carbohydrate. So that so like a, a bowl of lard, right? <laughs> <Some> fat. <laughs> like some blubbery.
2: Some
1: some lard. Yeah, some grease. <laughs>
0: Especially if you're just trying to survive and you need to eat or you'll die. Right. You sure, print, fat would
1: be good. Print
0: up some, you know, some gross fat and just you Slurp with it, it
1: down, you put it in it those little kid pouches, yeah. you know,
0: the little fruit pouches <laughs> yeah. that we give our dogs <laughs>
1: <apple> yeah. <laughs> Flavor it with some berries, you're good. It's astronaut
0: yeah. food. Um, <laughs> so sell it in I the was, gift shop. So I was fascinated by this idea. <laughs> and then the author never cares again in the slightest about that wonderful, wonderfully evocative hello world uh-huh. of food. Yeah, that's... um and then later
1: No, because th- next time we print a pig.
0: Well, yeah, she prints a pig. But then later when they're down in the guts of the ship, um they talk about life and it's a protein slurry. So yeah. so when they say that a cracker would, would not, not be, be the No, you would have to, to rearrange yeah, you'd the have molecules. To it would be easier to print like a steak. Yeah,
2: yeah. A
3: protein. Yeah, it's just slurry. this protein slurry. And you know, and she said something well, about Well, what uh, kind
1: of protein is it? A plant protein? Is it an animal protein?
3: Well, and and she she said something uh, about plant matter being being difficult for the, the
0: printer yeah, to replicate. Yeah. So it
1: has to be like
0: okay, yeah, but, so it, it, but brain neurons are not difficult. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's no trouble with that. It's
1: easy for this magical but, like, printer.
0: Cellulose that was conveniently it, put
1: on this ship. <laughs>
0: that's where it gets hung up. Yeah, and the so the second part of of that frustration for me is when they start using the food printer to print humans, right. um, and they don't do it on the basis of any brain scan or anything. It's just no. That, they use
1: they use Joanna's medical bay computer.
0: Well, no, but they say that they can reconstruct anything from any tissue sample because the machine could get your uh, taste from your saliva.
1: Yes, I think that's why the chapter is called Deus Ex Bibi.
0: Well, yeah. Well, yes, because the the machine literally... magic. Yeah, well, yeah, because the machine prints them. But but it portrays it like this is the first time it's been invented, yet the machine is backwards compatible, forwards compatible with brand new radical technology. um, And it can just, like, print people up, take their brain scans... Easy Bake Oven. Yeah, it's just... Uh, this This book was just... It loves to introduce ideas without thinking about them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Bizarre, fascinating ideas and then not uh, not address them.
0: Yeah. Not explore them. Right. Was that really your question that was next? No. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for humoring me. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no. I'm happy to. Uh,
3: at what point... Did, did it start to unravel for you do you remember oh, that's if a it, good question. If there was a particular uh, chapter or event hmm
1: Unra- unravel in what way you mean like
0: so like we were
3: the liking it we yeah maybe the setup. quality uh, the, maybe the uh, your expectations you know mine I, I think that I went in with an expectation of, you know like I mentioned of a sort of closed door mystery. You know, this self-contained. We're going to get all the clues, and we're going to we're going to watch the characters solve it, um, mm-hmm. and then you know, and I don't remember if it was the you know the second or third backstory chapter, mm-hmm. but I, but there, I remember there being a point where I where I said, okay, this is not going to be solvable because because we have to learn about every individual character, and so you know we we aren't going to know everything you know we're not going to have enough information so i think that's sort of where it was for me
0: right there's no like i mean so one of the things that i like about certain murder mysteries is that moment when you can see 90 percent of it but you haven't yet taken that last step but then when you see the solution the joy is in you kind of are putting the puzzle pieces together yourself along with the solution. Um, And I feel like a really well-constructed mystery is like that. Um, Even by the end, I wasn't entirely sure what was (laughs) going on. But that's probably because I was too mad about Wolfgang. Uh, (laughs) So when did it fall apart? Man, uh, I'll go last. You you go.
1: So I read the the, on page thirty-nine, I mentioned in my synopsis is when it mentions that, food, that a food—the first food printers that they had—they like, they that they printed a clone from it with life, with L- the L-Y-F-E stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I bet they're going to use the printer to print clones. That's how they're going to fix their problem. And then Paul, to me, was just acting the most weird in terms of clone people.
3: He was real suspicious.
1: He was like to me. He felt more suspicious than any of the any of the other characters because they all just kind of jumped back into their roles and were like, "This is what I'm doing. I'm doing it now." And Paul was just kind of like, like that. Yeah, he was totally
3: <laughs> he was totally thrown off. Yeah, you know. and I
1: even when I found out that he was a human up until he just up until his death, you know, two days ago. I was like, well, then he's definitely the bad guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> One of these so is I, not like the other.
1: Yeah, I never, I don't know. I mean, that was for me. So I, as soon as I got over my irritation with the editing, and I was like, well, I could have edited this better. And also, you know, my <laughs> irritation with like, okay, I've got like six bodies characters, you know, I know their names. Um, you know, once I got over like pretty boring uh, uh, I don't know i could I could get into the story more and i get i don't know i don't know
0: so i <clears throat> I guess I had two breaking points with it, Brock um the first was pretty pretty early, honestly, um probably either a little bit after it gets to the second wake where Ian starts waking up or a little bit before, where I realized that the characters these characters in particular were just going to be talking and the book is just a series it's of, just conversations. A lot of conversations and yeah. i and i'm fine with that actually but where it, where i started having trouble is that it was conversations between characters who i never had a strong sense um, of Really, who they were or what they stood for,
1: except for Hero.
0: So Hero was jokey. He had kind of his own voice, and uh, Wolfgang accused everybody. Correct. But, Wolfgang but other... was
1: the cook. I mean, Maria was the cook and cleaning
0: lady. Yeah, but the, okay. But here's the thing: <laughs> when it would change chapters, and it would be changing its point of view, and it wouldn't say whose point of view it was, like like the first word being like Hero. I. It would take right. me like a two or three paragraphs to actually figure out who the heck was thinking because they all kind of had identical speech patterns they had kind of an identical pluck to them yes um, and it gets away with you don't really get into like paul's head until the end
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it kind it kind of gets away with it that way because he's the one who's like paranoid and sniveling um but i couldn't I you know just by their tone of voice, the way they were described um so one thing that bugged me, and I think I mentioned this was how often it tags um who's speaking. um I hate tags in writing. I think that there there's something that a good author does as little as possible, and there're these little things that you kind of blip over, and you don't really notice them when when you're reading unless you're looking for them ideally. Um, but the only reason tags should be there is to help you know who's talking if you can't figure it out from the context. Right. I, as much as her quantity of tags annoyed me, I really needed them. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah, because there's no distinct voice. There's no. There's no way to tell. Uh, you know, from topic or. Manner, the pattern
0: of speech, who's right. who it is that's mm-hmm. speaking, right? And so, so early on, there's a point, and Somerset might remember this, where we were reading it, and I and Wolfgang sputters because someone tells him that they're busy and can't talk right now, and Wolfgang sputters and leaves, and I'm just going, that guy is sputtering,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, like what is sputtering? To me, sputtering is like. <laughs> That's what right. sputtering is. Yep. Sputtering. Wolfgang, Mister Tough Security Man, he would not sputter. He would grunt, yes. or yell, or... or he yeah, or he would, or he would yeah, be, or he would... or he would be threateningly silent. Mm-hmm. He would be menacing. Um, the characters just had no definition,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so and so it was him sputtering. Is when I really started going like, okay, so this book is. Not for a character driven book about conversations, it doesn't actually seem interested in letting me know who these characters are.
1: Maybe, maybe it was um, Mer Lafferty's way of saying that clones are a bad idea because it makes you nondescript Ooh,
0: because you all think the same, Well, so that's one of the things is that, Deep. okay,
1: was it on purpose?
0: Am I talking too much because. I'll tell you because because my answer is half done.
1: <laughs> you do like to talk a lot, Dan. Oh, man. I sure I sure love you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, that's a nice moment.
0: Yes. Well, I can shut up, but uh,
1: you can keep going with finish your thought.
0: Okay. Well, so that's that's when <clears throat> I, that's when I started having trouble, but I was kind of enduring it until a moment about two thirds the way through. And this is when I got mad at the book. So it wasn't just that I didn't like it. This is when I got angry. <laughs> Do you know what it was? I don't know. Tell me. Okay.
1: Maybe I'll remember. Is Let... it when I was reading to you?
0: No. Let oh, me... okay. Do you want me to read you the passage?
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, let's Kay. hear it. Okay. So this is Wolfgang. So Wolfgang is revealed to be this, like, crazy ex-Catholic preacher who was anti-cloning, and he was kidnapped and turned into a clone and tortured a bunch. And then he dedicates his life to vengeance.
1: And he was cloned over and yes, over again, because, like several and, times in like right, two days. Right. And something.
0: and now that he's a clone, he he believes he has no soul. Right. And so this is him talking to Joanna.
1: Oh, I do. Okay, now I know what you're. I now I remember when you got angry.
0: <laughs> so jo- So this. So this says Joanna threw her cup against the wall, startling Wolfgang. I'm so sick of that argument, she said. I've been hearing it for centuries, playing God. Wolfgang, we played God when people believed they could dictate their baby's gender by having sex in a certain position. We played God when we invented birth control, amniocentesis, cesarean sections, when we developed modern medicine and surgery. Flight is playing God. Fighting cancer is playing God. Contact lenses and glasses are playing God. Anything we do to modify our lives in a way that we were not born into is playing God in vitro fertilization, hormone replacement therapy, gender reassignment surgery, antibiotics. Why are you fine with all of that, but cloning is the problem? And Wolfgang has no answer for her. So the best arguer against cloning...
1: Doesn't have an answer.
0: Doesn't have an answer to that? that. That's
1: right.
3: yeah, Yeah, for ideas and arguments he had to have heard before... Right. Being, you know, being a crusader against it.
1: Yeah.
3: And, um... Wait, wait. Hang on. So the thing you're not... Doesn't he also throw his glass against the wall? Isn't that the thing that made you angry?
0: (laughs) I could have sworn that he he uh, also throws his glass. Well, his argument is basically, like, I've suffered. Like, that's his argument against it. Yeah. you, like, within the... Framework of their codicils, I feel like any of us just on the fly could come up with a dozen reasons why functional immortality is, is different
3: from different fighting from, cancer.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like, how about the very existence of Sally Filet Mignon? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, right now, the one thing that prevents, like, the whole idea that tyranny can't be permanent because people die. Yeah. It's
1: um, totally, that's gone. Yeah,
0: that's, that's erased. She can be a trillionaire who can build a colony generation ship yeah, and, and shoot ever, all of her enemies into space. <laughs> yeah, because she's immortal. Live forever,
1: be the ruler over all the earth. She is the clone god.
0: She is, <laughs> <laughs> and not just the
1: not just the god of clones, the god of all.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Wolfgang just. can't. I mean, so that's what that's the point when I got angry because it felt like the author. <sighs>
1: Didn't even consider the other side. Yeah,
0: she, she had no interest in why anyone might think that cloning at this level is a crappy idea, even though the whole book is like a thesis and how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, I think you do need to... And maybe it's not that scene, but I'm pretty sure there is a scene where <laughs> two characters within two, three or four paragraphs both throw their glasses at the wall.
0: You had two three hundred year old characters who have learned to
3: be patient.
0: Even yeah. though it tells you textually that living long like this makes you really patient
1: and smart,
0: right? Yeah. Because they talk about like you know, waiting you out to your waiting. enemies, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and Wolfgang just kept making me upset after that point. So this guy's a Catholic priest, and he has a he has a section where um, he's taught in his flashback where this nun, this priestess. Um, is annoyed at him for not being patient and uh, it says wolfgang tells her that jesus didn't have clumsy forgetful or drunk people that he relied on and i'm going like that's uh, coming have from have you not read priest? the bible <laughs> <laughs> right
1: that's like how all the bible heroes are
0: right mean, are they're, they're certainly sleepy and forgetful and some of and them frail. are drunks i mean right. I, I would they run
1: away they're weak
0: I don't think... They're left-handed. It's just such a weird thing for a... (laughs) She wants to write a Catholic priest, but she is not willing to do the research into what a Catholic priest might actually say. Or know. Yeah, it's... Or believe. (laughs) um, I mean, it's... It's a little rude. One thing that's important is to do your research. Mm -hmm. um, Right. That you can that you can, you can look into the way that people might feel about something. It's fun to explore uh, other cultures, and I love reading about that. But to read, you know, I, I, I'm good friends with a Catholic priest. <laughs> um, uh, and, man, he knows his Bible.
2: Yeah.
0: He, he would never say that Jesus had, like, these hot-shot disciples.
1: Yeah, that, like, never made any mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> they were, like, perfect. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, Jesus sorry. was only surrounded by competent people. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Christianity. Who always
1: worked. made all the right choices every time. So
0: sorry, sorry to go on. That's my long answer to your question. That so I first fell out of love with the book, and then I fell into actual, Act active disliking.
1: How about you, Brock? Uh, when did it unravel for you? You know,
3: I I I kind of talked about this, but I I think that just you know all the backstory that we had to know, mm-hmm. you know, we had to know every, uh, um, we had to know every character's history and, uh, and how they were all connected. And, you know, so in that respect, it started to be, uh, it started to be more like, like lost maybe. Um, which mm, I mean, the, I loved that show. show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but it, but without the, uh, sort of satisfaction, of, of that kind of thing.
0: <clears throat> S- Sally Mignon <clears throat> sure wasn't a fun answer to the mystery. <laughs> no, that
3: that felt a little. I mean, that felt a little Deus Ex Machina too. Just sort of this. Uh, Wait. Oh well, look this at the, is.
1: Look at the clone ship, Matt. Look at the manifest. She's not actually on the She's ship. She's not here. Oh, she tricked us all.
0: Well, the thing is, I don't like any <laughs> bad guy whose entire plan relies on the good guys never talking. Right. Like, there's like, wait, you too, right? Like, so her, so there's this rule that they don't talk about their criminal past, but they're going to be on the ship for like uh, hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, they were only they were there for forty years, and none of them were like, so how'd you get? So how'd you get this job? Oh, I knew right.
0: this lady named right. Sally. Well, as you Sally be- who? So right. Sally Filet Mignon. Well, when I feel, <laughs> and I feel it's a pair, you pair off into friendships and lovers. And oh, you, yeah. make, you, you make know, connections or bridges.
3: Now, now that we're millions of miles away from Earth, I feel okay telling you yeah. this information.
0: Who, who, yeah. g- who gives a fig about <laughs> rules? Right. We can do what we want. We're super clones. Yeah. <laughs> Let's clone ourselves some more. Yeah. Let's
1: fix this computer so that it doesn't just turn back around to Earth if we make a mistake before it so, happens.
3: <laughs> so that's that's a point of discussion that I had. Okay, so she has this revenge plot, but the AI has a failsafe <laughs> to turn the ship around if anything goes wrong.
0: Oh, that's a good point. <laughs>
3: why? Why didn't it? I mean, I don't know. May, maybe it's not actually turning them around. Maybe it's maybe it's turning them into the nearest star but uh you know i, I thought that was an odd thing that the, the the revenge plot is send these people on a ship to nowhere unless something bad happens then bring them all back <laughs> yeah, that Oh, makes... and i'll
1: also conveniently put on a magic um food printer
3: oh yeah just gotta to have include
1: a, that in the specs you gotta
3: have a backup
0: why didn't she just plunge him into a star
1: <laughs> yeah
3: there was something about, you know, killing them is not enough. You have to give them hope. Yeah, right, like torture. it's torture. Right. It's torture
1: revenge.
3: But, I mean, all the all the people who are in stasis, you know, all the people who are asleep, whether, whether they land nowhere or in a star, <clears throat> you know, you put them on the ship with hope. You accomplished your...
0: Right. So the ending wasn't satisfying for me when they decide to go to the planet... Because mm-hmm. I was going, I would turn around. I'd be like, "Let's wake up everyone yeah. and go back and tell them what's tell going them what on." Tell Sally did. And let's wreck Sally Filament's butt. But yeah. <laughs> like, let's just sh- shred her because we've got all these people.
1: <laughs> and a magic printer named BB.
0: A magic printer that can print the human brain, but it can't. But it can't let them. It can't print something that will let them examine fingerprints. There's a there's a part in there where the characters are like, nope, we can't take fingerprints because we don't have fingerprint scanning oh, yeah, technology. We don't have the- and I'm like, <laughs> buddy, I can take fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have we
3: got some, <laughs> some tape? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a. Like, and so, that is not new
0: technology. Like, like, do you know when they were. And doing now let fingerprints? me see your
1: hand.
0: What do you mean, <laughs> fingerprint scanning technology? <laughs> and then they're like, we're not outfitted with a forensics lab. And I was There's like, There's
1: six of them. Just, it's like, let's take your handprints yeah, just, just, and compare. Just
0: print some basic stuff. Maybe they don't have tape.
1: <laughs> tape doesn't exist you in can this en- world.
0: So you can examine a person's and DNA they just anyway don't exist with anymore. their hacking. But you can't. That is a mobile forensics lab. Like, everything on this ship your, is a forensics lab. Right. Some
1: of them write in paper journals.
0: If but she they don't take, have
1: paper and in ink.
0: If she can take... To take D-
1: fingerprints.
0: <laughs> if she can take DNA to print a human, she can take DNA to figure out a little mystery. Yeah. Where, like, a dude was stabbing everyone. There's DNA. <laughs> yep. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, that's nuts.
0: The far future of fingerprints. <laughs> I also...
1: You know something that actually really bugged me on, like, the third page in so it's like twenty oh man, two thousand four hundred 2400 <laughs> whatever 2400 what did i say the year was it's 2400
2: something
1: 2494 yeah um and like this the next line, the second line in or like in a couple pages it says something about childbirth being loud and screaming and painful and it's like wait 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 baby who's having babies that way anymore I mean yeah. I had it I had an epidural I will admit this on online I had an epidural and it was wonderful It was well, there was no screaming involved
0: Well there was it was me <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> The
0: horrors of human life Dennis il it's, yeah, it's
1: like on page 4 it
0: was much cleaner and less painful than human birth with all, all its screaming, screaming and, and blood. blood Yeah I mean that's
2: Yeah I, hmm.
3: I I would expect 400 years from now that A lot of
0: that would be pretty much tidied up, right?
2: Yeah.
0: In Star Trek Voyager, they uh, transport the baby out of here. Yeah. I was was about to say, did
3: you see that? Wait, no, no, no. I was going to guess, but isn't isn't transporter tech is transporter technology uh, cloning? Is is that how it works in Star Trek? No, Mm. Star
0: Trek gets around it because, but the thing Star Trek is not consistent. With its tech at all. Because they say that it's just matter energy transference. So it turns you into energy and then uses oh, okay. that same energy to make you again. But then there's like episodes where, like, when when he was beamed up like a decade ago, Riker, Riker his pattern was caught in the transport buffer and then it gets sent back and down. Back so he's been cloned. It. Oh, okay. So it, it depends what they want to talk got about that episode. Sure,
2: okay. <laughs> if they want to talk
0: about the horrors of meeting your double then they'll do it if they want to talk about some other thing. Star Trek has always been about throwing ideas against the wall and (laughs) hoping you get Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra and not almost anything Riker does. Wow, some of those sounded like words.
1: Yeah, I didn't... That's my I favorite episode of Star there. Trek. That was Next
0: Generation. That's uh, the one where Picard has to communicate with the alien species that only speaks in metaphor. Mm, right. That's a lovely episode. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> it's entitled Darmok. If you want to look that
1: up. I yeah, believe I'll, Star Trek is on Netflix right now. Jot
0: that down. Yeah. Darmok. This is on Netflix. <laughs> uh, so...
3: All right, here's my, here's my last question. If your brain was turned into an AI, what <laughs> mundane system would you want it to have control over?
0: Why did, she even, why did they even turn Paul into the AI when she establishes that she already turned herself into the AI and chopped out all of the parts of herself that would care? Yeah, it's bizarre. Just kill Paul.
1: Revenge. I, I mean,
0: punishment. Book is yeah, actually I guess, just about right?
1: revenge.
0: Okay, so you go... Mm-hmm. Wow. So...
1: Just to torture Paul.
0: What would I want to be in charge of? Probably shipboard entertainment.
2: <laughs> there you go. Like on a cruise.
0: Yeah. I'll te- <laughs> I'll, I'll, that way I can teach rules for board games, oh, which perfect. I do a lot of anyway.
1: I thought that I'll was have... your least favorite part of doing, playing board
0: games. Well, no, but now I'd be a super intelligent computer. And that way, when, when one of our buddies, who's always like, I didn't know that rule, I'd be like, I told it to you at 14 minutes and 13 seconds. <laughs> here's the playback. Right.
1: <laughs> and in the playback, he's like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, i not get that rule. Do you really understand this rule? It will be crucial. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Jeez, are you Move sure?
1: On. Jeez! Move on! I got so, it!
3: <laughs> yeah, get some accountability in your life.
0: That's good. That would be nice. I like it. How about you? Either of you.
1: I don't know if I have an interesting answer to that question, but I bet you do, Brock. Uh,
3: You know, I, I mean, I guess I was just banking on you having interesting answers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, here's what it would be. I would be... Uh, I would I would be in a self driving car and I would just cause minor annoyances to my
0: <laughs> to my riders. Isn't that the plot that of one fun. of the Herbies? You're like Herbie the Love Bug. Isn't that one of the plots? Go over all the speed bumps. No, no. Yeah, you know, I would I would <laughs> accelerate over speed bumps.
3: Yeah, I would just uh, I would maybe ride ride the center line just a just a little too close for comfort. I mean, I'm in control. You know, I know what I'm doing. They well, just have to trust me.
0: It sounds to that me sounds like fun. you really just want to be a poltergeist and just uh, yeah, that's ideal. People. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that would be good like a smart home, or like yeah, you're the AI. You you're the AI for like an entire apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> an old lady McCreary can't get her door open ever. Because you
3: don't like that. One. <laughs> <laughs> because she wronged me. This is my ultimate revenge.
1: Like random knocking on pipes in her apartment and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Who's at the door? <laughs> no one's ever there.
3: <laughs> um, that sounds
1: mean. Brock wow. bot, why yeah. don't want the wow, door you open? Wow, you guys.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: not saying I want that. Brock wants that.
3: Well, and I, I mean, you're the one who brought up the old woman. I would probably make sure that she could always get in her apartment. It would be the youths. That's who I would torment.
0: The millennials.
3: Yeah, those, those millennials.
0: You ensure that their morning news feed is always... Millennials have ruined fruit. <laughs> Why aren't millennials shopping at Walgreens?
3: Why don't millennials buy fruit? Toilet paper as
0: much as.
1: Yeah. Why are good. millennials eating so much avocado toast?
0: Exactly, and that's their whole news feed is nothing but that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all
3: Yikes. right. So, um, so last week, uh, the uh, the person whose uh, whose responsibility was discussion also handled, handled listener questions. Uh, So that falls to me. Unfortunately, we did not receive any uh, this month.
0: I'm not surprised. Nobody
3: (laughs) wanted to talk about six wakes with us.
0: In a way, that's like the best outcome, because it means no one was subjected to this book. Yeah, I mean,
3: maybe maybe people will still listen to this episode without... uh, Maybe we need to frame it that way. Please just listen to this episode. You don't have to read the book. (laughs) Uh, So... Put that in your uh, I did yep. I did want to say um, so we've had several emails we're just inundated with emails suggesting books that we can read in the future uh, but some of you have forgotten an important rule of our podcast uh, we are only we can only read books with numbers in the title um, did, did we
0: <laughs> Oops. forget did we forget to mention that in episode yep. one that's, that's important to us that's,
3: no, that's that's not actually true, and actually, we haven't received any emails with book suggestions.
0: Uh, so <laughs> however, I feel free. However, next month we will be reading a book with a numerical theme in Excellent. the title. Yes. <laughs> We're keeping
3: the go- keeping it going. Yep.
0: The book is "The Stars Are Legion." by Cameron Hurley, also known as The Stars Are 5,120. It gets
3: through on a technicality.
0: By Cameron Thank Hurley. You. Um,
1: You've already started.
0: I have, I, and I'm really liking it. Cool. I'm excited. Have you started a Brock?
3: I have not. Uh, my my dad was visiting uh, over the weekend, and he he recommended that I read Heart of Darkness by Joseph oh. Conrad. I that. Uh, and I have started that, and I'm uh, um, about uh, 80 pages into a Star Wars book that I started. So uh, I've got some got some stuff to read. Nice. Yeah, okay. Miles to go before I sleep and read The Stars Are Legion.
0: Okay. Well, um, so join us next month for The Stars Are Legion by Cameron Hurley. As always, this is the Space Biff Book Space. I am your host, Dan Thorat. I was joined today by Somerset Winters Thoreau,
1: no relation, really?
0: and by Brock Andromedon Poulsen. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Good night. Bye. Bye. Seattle and the world. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs>